This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids. And my hope is that it brings you some encouragement, comfort, a big hug, and that you feel supported through this podcast. Today, my guest is Lauren Krasnodemski. She's a privacy attorney, and she's also the founder of the Mind Muscle Motivator. She helps high-achieving women get off the hamster wheel and find their purpose and passion in life. She went through this herself in 2017 when she realized outside of work and doing all the day-to-day motherhood things, she didn't know what she was passionate about and she wanted to change that. And so she helps other women do the same thing. And I love this conversation. Lauren helps us rethink how we're living our day-to-day lives. Yes, there are to-dos we have to do every single day. But when I have conversations like this, it helps me refocus and get off of that like check, check, check way of life. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do. But to stop and pause and evaluate what it looks like every day is important. Friends, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. If you do enjoy the conversation or any of the podcasts that we are putting out here on Why Is Everyone Yelling, if you could leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, that's a huge help in potential new listeners finding us. You can learn more about all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks for being here and enjoy my conversation with Lauren. All right. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling, we have Lauren Krasnodemski on the show. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you, Lindsay. How are you doing today? So far, so good. It's still early. Yeah. (laughs) True, true, true. Are you in Ohio? I am. Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And your kids are back in school? They are. What grades are your kids in? So they are in third grade and my daughter is in kindergarten this year. So they are both in the same facility. (laughs) It is so nice, isn't it? It, It's a game changer. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. How is kindergarten the second time around compared to the first time around for you? For me, it was actually harder. (laughs) Was it? Because you think this is your last baby? I do. Yeah. And I think that's why it was hard because I was like, oh, my God, I'm never doing this again. It was yeah. very weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know I'm kind of in the middle right now because my third is in kinder and we have one more to come through in two years. So I feel like when he goes, I'm probably going to lose it. Yeah, you have four. I mean, that's like I, I just give you mad props. I can barely handle my two sometimes. So I don't I, I'm going to need some tips from you. I mean, I think I would feel the same way. You know what I mean? With two, I think that you feel that way no matter how many you have because things get crazy regardless. Um, But no, yeah, it's it can feel um, very overwhelming at times. I would be lying if I said it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do for a living. I know you're an attorney, but you have a, a passion project on the side as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So th- that that is my nine to five is the attorney gig. I'm a healthcare privacy attorney for McKesson, which is like a distributor. They distribute to we distribute the vaccine. We distribute to doctor's office, specialty businesses, um, pharmacies, hospitals. We just have a lot of it's a big organization. So that's what I do during the day. But yeah, my passion um, project that I'm getting kicked off for the last couple of years is really starting to kind of take off, which is exciting. And that's really helping other busy driven women who really want to figure out like who know that that there's like this light within them, but they may feel very like dull and just like, what am I doing? Not really sure what my purpose is, maybe not really truly resonating with the work that they do, but maybe not knowing what else it is that's out there for them. Yeah. And I think in our 30s and maybe I just say 30s because that's where I am we get to this point though where we're like okay is this really what I want to be doing because really we're here now like you know your 20s are kind of like more a time to like explore and not that you can't always explore but I feel like now it's like okay the older I get the more this is it this really is you know yeah I found myself asking myself like is this really it like I had, I had worked, like you said, so hard in my 20s to kind of build the family, get the house, have a really good career. And I was just having these feelings that were pretty uncomfortable because, you know, we're taught to be grateful. We're taught, you know, yeah, really just to be grateful for what we have and that knowing that other people have it worse than us. And it that was true. But I like couldn't keep ignoring these like feelings that kept coming up. And that was like I should be happier, right? With all these, with all these like beautiful kids that are healthy, you know, my husband and I's health, I have family around, I get to travel, we're stable financially, you know, like, why am I feeling like this? And so it really sent me like I my mom actually got a <laughs> for Christmas, a pat, uh, like, me and my sister, she paid to go to the passionate palmist for something fun to do around Christmas time. And she was like reading the lines on her hands. Mm. And this lady just asked me a question, like point blank. She's like, what are you passionate about? And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like, I have no idea, you know, Mm. because I was so caught up in like the hustle and bustle of life and just kind of doing everything that I felt like I should be doing, Mm -hmm. but maybe not necessarily the things that were truly making me happy. And it really changed the trajectory of my life and started to really get curious with myself and go down this word, like inward self-discovery quest, which is kind of how my book, Reclaim Your Power, was birthed. Yeah. And, you know, it is kind of like there is a point where like, you do have to go through some motions, right? You got to get the kids' lunches made. You got to get them to school. You got to get your exercise in. You got to get your work done. So like that can be and has to be part of your life, but we can so easily just like ignore that like tug that we feel. And I feel, I feel it every day. I'm like, should I be doing more? And I don't necessarily, I don't mean more things. I just mean like if I died Next year, would I feel like I would fulfilled like things I should be doing and, and passionate about and like helping other people and all the things. And that can feel really overwhelming to think like, am I am I giving it enough? It is. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think people I mean, I think you fall on one 
one or two categories, right? Like you're, you're doing all the things and like you feel decent, you know, or you kind of feel like in this bucket of, oh my God, I feel terrible. Like I need to do something to help myself. And I was definitely in like the latter part. And I mean, like you have like the running, like I didn't even do anything mm. that like I, I like, I like if, if you asked me what I like to do, I, I'm pretty sure my answer at the time, what I gave this lady was I said drinking with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like to do that too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. But I was like, that cannot, like I was not satisfied with that answer to your point. Like when you're starting to ask yourself, like if I die tomorrow, like, is that what, <laughs> what I want to be known for? Do I want or... that on my obituary? <laughs> right. And so I, it's just, I, I had to have some, some real conversations with myself and I, I was dealing with like a lot of anxiety and stress and yeah, if I die tomorrow, like, am I going to wake up and do the same thing that I'm doing today? No. So what did you find out? Well, I found out that a lot of my, my decisions in life were driven by fear, mm. unconscious fear. Yeah. And that had a lot to do with like the way I grew up in like childhood. And my dad had like a brain tumor when I was younger. And like the way I interpreted it was very much different than how like my sister interpreted it. Oh. And it just goes to show you that like our nature and nurture factors, you know, really play a part in who we are. And so knowing what that those are for you, like my sister is just a little bit more I wouldn't, I, I'd like to think of myself as easygoing, but I am, I'm a little bit more type, type A and she's definitely more of, you know, more laid back. And so the way that my dad's accident showed up in my life unconsciously was like, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, get a good job, make money. Like something could happen to me at any moment <laughs> and that would affect my family. I have to be prepared for them, you know, all these kinds of things, which has driven me to you know, be successful, you know, as an attorney. But if you were to really ask me, like, why did I become an attorney? I probably don't have a great answer for mm. you other than I knew it makes it would make me, you know, financially stable. So not a great answer. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we fall into these traps as like adults, right, where based on our upbringing, or, you know, maybe just the way you're wired, um, you're doing things in an unconscious manner. So really trying to bring in that mindfulness and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Or like, how does this add joy or value to my life? Um, are really important questions as you continue, to, as we all continue to go out through our, our journeys. Okay, two questions. One, do you like being an attorney? Do you like that part of your life? Um. Yes. I, I mean, I've, I like portions of it. Yeah, you know, I yeah. like... I like having like a structured environment, you know, where it's like, I know I'm getting up at a certain time and I, I have this to do and it provides a lot of structure. And I, I honestly love the people that I work with. Like McKesson's such a great organization to work for. So the culture there is, is amazing and the people are amazing. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you I'm like passionate about privacy. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I do enjoy who I work with. And so it makes it it makes it a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm more passionate about helping others really kind of tap into the self-discovery process, which is truly what lights me up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think what there's a little bit of a problem in our culture today with like, so not everybody wants a job where they're like, oh, this is fun and it's my dream job. And, you know, like some people 
truly do want to go to work and go to work and that be that, you know? And I kind of yeah, love how you explain absolutely. that. Yeah, like you have a great job. You like the people you work with. You're doing what you went to school for. But like, it doesn't mean that you're like, obsessed with your job and like it's the best thing ever and you love it so much and I think in this like culture of you know everybody's so online now and there's all these influencer people that that's their thing online and you know I think that people get caught up in thinking oh you can do anything and you're you know and there's like a balance there that can be attained like I think what you're doing right now, like you're having your regular nine to five, but like also you have this other thing that you're super passionate about and it doesn't have to be all one or all the other. Yeah. I think part of like my, I had a really black and white thinking. So that's another thing that I started to realize about myself is like, whoa, (laughs) we're going to have to incorporate a little bit more gray here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always had thought it had to be one or the other, right? Even though I didn't know what the other would be at the time (laughs) that I even was passionate about something like this. But along my self-discovery process, when I found it, like, again, my old mentality would be like, oh, I could never do both. You know, there's the the limiting belief. So there's never enough time. I can't do this. Like, I'm a mom, you know, that's gonna, you know, take away from my kids time. But you know, when there, when you have a strong desire for something, like you, you find ways, and it's just, it's crazy how the universe works. Like once you start to put a different way of thinking out there in the in the world of possibility, how things just start attracting to you, and, and also vocalize like what you want. Because I've started telling people, yeah, I'm really passionate about this. That yeah. this is what I'm doing, and like McKesson has been so supportive and it's like, oh, we'll do this for our people, you know, and it's just, it's just really cool how a lot of times if you can get out of that black and white thinking of, of the possibilities that are out there for you. How do you make time for, for doing all that you do though? Um, well, I say no a lot. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, I used to be a habitual people pleaser. So I would say yes to everything. And I was like, again, I was, sometimes living in that like fear mentality, like, oh my God, that could lead to something, you know, and like say yes. And I really had to get clear with myself of what I wanted, like what, what is my end goal? And then, you know, some people align with what I'm doing and like, like I vibe with and others I don't. And I just, you have to trust that. And so instead of like being self-conscious of like hurting somebody's feelings, you know, I just, I've, I, it takes practice. So it's just kind of a muscle that I've started to work on is saying no and realizing that it's part of life. All right, everybody, a quick break here. A while back on the podcast, I had a wonderful woman named Tori Summers on the show, and she has a really cool company called Chadwick Homes, and she designs Elf on the Shelf boxes. So she sends you a box with all the elves up to enough stuff for a family with four kids and fun little things your little elf can be doing every single day. So you don't have to plan any of it. She plans it for you. You get a box, you set your elf out, whatever mischief or whatever non-mischief they're getting into that day, she's got it all planned for you. Okay, so the boxes are $100 and she's gonna give you all $10 off if you wanna check it out. Chadwickhome.blog backslash elf dash box. I know it's a lot to remember there. Um, you can also just find her on Instagram, Chadwick Home, Chad, W-I-C-K Home. And she's got the link for that there. 
We will also put it in our show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. Go get yourself an elf on the shelf box. You don't have to do any of the planning. Make it easy on yourself. This is not the kind of thing I'm good at. And Tori takes care of all the business in a really fun and cute way. Chadwick Home. Go check them out. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for $10 off your box. Just put it in the message box when you go to check out. Thank you, Tori. And you all have fun with your elf box. All right. Back to the show. So we talked about that hamster wheel a little bit and like the everyday things that have to happen. I sometimes like I try to make it feel more fun, even though it's kind of mundane. But I'm just curious if there's anything that you do or that you've found in your like research and, you know, finding your own self-discovery with what you're passionate about that you've been able to incorporate into making that like hamster wheel ish life not feel like that. Well, music is a great one. Oh, for sure. I always have <laughs> like, music on. If, yeah, like if I'm in like a, like just, uh, I, I have a lot of things going on right now between work, you know, of course, when the business starts to get busy, you know, work starts to get equally more busy. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, putting on some calming music, like I recently got certified in sound and vibrational healing. So I do like my sound bath sometimes to kind of just kind of clear the energy and get to more of an equilibrium state. And I also have like a lot of fun things like on my desk, you know, whether it be like an inspirational calendar or oils or incense, like I'm definitely that weird chick on calls where they're like, something's burning um, behind (laughs) you. I'm like, nope, that's just my incense. Um, so yeah, just different things to kind of keep it spicy. Uh, I, 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 I love, um, inspirational decks or like Oracle cards that I'll usually shuffle sometimes, uh, just for like a break in the day to kind of reground myself. So different things like that, that I just have in my space that I, that I go to, to kind of reground myself. And what about with your kids? Well, we do affirmations. Okay. (laughs) I'm a huge believer in affirmations for adults and for kids because I think that like, again, when I first started this self-discovery journey, like I didn't even realize until I hired my first life coach that like pretty much all my thoughts were like negative and just Mm. terrible. (laughs) How'd that make you feel like when you figured that out? It was like, I honestly kind of felt stupid, like mm-hmm. that I really did not understand the programming that was going like I that I didn't even take the time to acknowledge like what was going on upstairs. Like yeah. it was almost like this, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, why am I doing um, this to myself? Yes. Like retraining the way my brain was processing information, because, uh, again, it was causing a lot of anxiety at work. Like, so if you were to ask me, like, do I love doing this work four years ago? My answer would be absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, that was because I was suffering from so much imposter syndrome and anxiety that I couldn't find any joy in it. But when I've learned how to kind of settle my nervous system and re re um, frame my thoughts, it's made the work so much better. So I think, you know, as parents, it's like one of our biggest hopes is always like, I hope that my kids discover this before I discover this. Right. Like, I hope that they can like live in this freedom from a much earlier age and there's so many phases they have to walk through that are just part of life you know they're not like totally adults until they're 25 anyway but um right them seeing you do this it's like this is what everybody always says right 
them seeing you model it is what's going to show it in their lives. But do you guys talk about it? We do. Yeah. So like they see me read, like I have like a whole morning routine. So usually like my, my um, son will come down, you know, he's usually the first one to wake and he sees me like reading or if I'm doing a meditation, he'll sit down with me. I um, recently got certified in aerial yoga. So that's like their new, uh, basically we've, we've started a new circus here in our house and a new um, musical band. Uh, Fun. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're, they're basically into, you know, what I'm doing. So I, I, I absolutely a hundred percent think that like, I don't, I don't make them do anything, you know, but like my son will just whip out the sound bowls and start playing, you know, and yeah. So I just hope that they never lose their curiosity. I think as we get into adulthood, we lose that and we're not taught to kind of follow those breadcrumbs, those things that light us up, the things that make us happy, whereas kids are naturally, I'd naturally do that anyway. And so I, I tell my kids, like, what's your job in life? I'll ask them that pretty regularly. And their answer is to be happy. Mm. so yeah yeah we do we do talk about it like more of the lighthearted stuff maybe not like the deep stuff but I do do the morning affirmations with them because I do feel like it's just really really important yeah I love sending the message to stay curious I think that the world needs to hear that you know just as much as our children need to hear that a hundred percent yeah um okay so your book reclaim your power, a guide to allow your passions and purpose to discover you. Tell us about the premise of that. And did you write that during COVID? Yeah, girl. Like, <laughs> 2020? 2020. It was, yeah. You know what, though? Crazy. Sometimes I feel like when things are really hard and those emotions are running high, writing can be the best outlet. 100%. It allows it to pass through you. And it allows you sometimes to get more clarity when you're like, when you're actually sitting down and just kind of doing that brain dump. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a really therapeutic process for me. Uh, I, I would have never deemed myself a writer. <laughs> uh, in fact, I like hated writing for work. I thought I sucked at it. I would read, you know, emails over and over again, even like cards. Like there was something inside me that was just very blocked. Like even when I would go to write cards for like my husband, uh huh. It, it, it was as if like I knew what I felt in my heart, but like I couldn't like it was just was not coming out. Yes. And so through this like self-discovery process, it was it was just like almost all these weights were lifted. And then next thing you know, like these all these words just started like spewing out of the page. It was a very uh, crazy and awesome experience. And I just knew that like kind of coming off that four year journey, I was like, I have to share this. And mm. so I I really think that I would have forgotten a lot had I started writing the book right now or, you know, five years from now. It like had to be written like then. <laughs> yeah. Like as you were walking through it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were 34 when you wrote the book or when you just when you went to the palmist? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I'm terrible. Like, I don't even know. I think I'm 37. <laughs> so bad. I always forget my age because I feel like your age is just your energy. You know, it's like how you feel. Okay. So, yes, I went to the palmist around five years ago now, five or six years ago. So I think I was like in my. Oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I was like 32 or 33. Yeah. When my mom took us because I just had my second child. Okay. And she's five. She's five. So yeah, at 32. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I think the other thing is, and yeah, I mean, that's really young, but, you know, at any age, you can kind of reposition the way you look at life. And sometimes I think people think, well, this is just what we do. We're already here. Like, this is how we run our family. This is how the kids, you know, this is how it's going to be. And I also think it's hard when you want to make big changes, but your significant other doesn't, you know? So like when you are walking through this, like, tell me about how that affected your relationship with your husband. And was he like, go you? Or was he like, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, I think at the time, because I'm such a, I think a lot of women, right? Like you put a feet, feeding task in front of them, they're going to figure out how to get it done, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that my husband was so used to that out of me that I don't even think he truly understood how much I was suffering behind mm-hmm. the scenes mm-hmm. until I was having like breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. He's like, what's wrong? Right. <laughs> um. And so, yeah, so I hired the life coach and it was kind of like, just like a thing in the background. And then we got an opportunity to, well, I got an opportunity to go to this retreat and they had suggested that my husband kind of come for the intro so that they, a friend who went through it suggested that so that he would understand kind of what I was going to go through, like transformation wise. Mm. And it kind of scared me because the retreat was like, you know, just big changes will happen after that. Uh, You know, we've known people to like, divorce their spouse or quit their job. And I was like, Oh my God, no, no, this cannot happen. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, Brian, Brian, you have to come to this, (laughs) like to see what this is. Right. Like you need to know. Yeah. Cause I was like, that is not going to happen. Um, and he came and ended up signing up as well. Cause it was like a leadership kind of program, more emotional intelligence based. So Thankfully, he went on went to those trainings with me. Oh, that's cool. But I will say that I do feel like, you know, because I had been in counseling and stuff beforehand. So we were definitely very much on like two different paths. And so to your point, there had been times, right, where I felt like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, this isn't this is we're not aligning, you know, yeah. like we're not coming coming together. And it, it was very hard. But I think keeping the the communication lines open and just really expressing like what I needed and vice versa, it allowed us to kind of come back together. That is really one of the hardest parts of marriage, right? That communication because like, you're just like two individual people who have completely different feelings and truly like things you care about. And so I think one of the hardest things is like, wanting your significant other to care about all the things you care about. And it's like, well, they have, they're like, they're just totally different. And that can be really frustrating. It can be. Yeah. My husband's definitely not at like, he's definitely very supportive, but he's not like asking me every night, like what's going on in your business? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's not like that. So it was really important for me to find kind of like a tribe of other women for me to have those conversations with who are up to similar things because they just get it. And so they kind of know what questions to ask and it's more of an easy dialogue. Now that's not to say I don't share with him sometimes, but yeah, I mean, and for us too, it sometimes the hardest part was the clarity piece, like knowing what you actually need or want. Cause sometimes like I, there were points in the journey where like, I don't, he's like, what can I do to help? And like, I didn't even know, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't even know for myself. So how can I tell you? And he's been in those predicaments too, where I'm like, let me help you. And he's like, I don't know what I need. Yeah. So, 
sometimes you need that outside, like that's what counseling's for. Sometimes you need that outside person right. to like jump in and say, this is what I'm seeing here as someone who's not yeah. <laughs> emotionally invested in any of this. Yep. All right, friends, I want to take a quick break here and tell you about Prep Dish. Prep Dish is the easiest way to plan your meals for the week, have them prepped for the week, and not have to worry about what you're going to make for dinner every night. This is a really busy time of year with all the holidays coming up. And the last thing I want to do is think about what I'm going to make for dinner at 5 p.m. So what happens with Prep Dish is you subscribe to Prep Dish and you receive an email every single week with an organized grocery list and instructions for prepping meals ahead of time. This means dinner time is super quick and easy every single day. Plus, the meal plans are always seasonal. This time of year includes plenty of hearty stews and crock pot meals. Super, super fast. Sometimes prepping feels stressful. In the past, I used to think I didn't have time to meal prep. But with Prep Dish, super fast meal plans, I can prep five healthy dinners in just one hour. And the meals are never boring. So many fun and delicious recipes waiting for you at Prep Dish. And if you want to check it out, Allison, the founder, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. And you can't beat that. Check out PrepDish.com slash Lindsay. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for this amazing deal. That's PrepDish.com slash Lindsay for two weeks free. This is a no-brainer. Go check it out. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, so what's your main message from the book? Like, wh what is it that when people read it that you really want them to know? I, I really want that everybody to know that like, there's something special about them, like that they're placed on this, you know, this earth for a reason. And like, I really believe that we all have like these hidden gems within us. And either we have no idea that these hidden gems are within us. <laughs> yeah. Like I did, like, I had no idea that I like, had the ability to write or that I would want to share that with the world. Uh, or maybe we kind of do have some ideas or gems and they're like kind of buried, they're a little dusty because of, you know, maybe it's fear, maybe it's a limiting belief, maybe it's time, who knows, right? And so really to give yourself the sacred space and in, in, in the time to kind of do that self-discovery work so that you can really operate at your highest level, you're like you're vibrating, your energy is just is at, you know, I don't want to say a peak state, but at a at a consistent like level of like peace, you know, and, and you feel you're feeling good. Cause so often we get into states of where we're just like going through the motions, not feeling good and not even really tapping into the wisdom that we have within. So what do you do on days when you're like, dude, I'm just not feeling it today. <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I actually give myself a break. Yeah. Um, like unless, unless I have like structured things. So for instance, like this, if I had this today, um, in other, like, I try not to back to back my back schedules. Cause that was something I used to do where I was like, there was just no even rooms for breaks. So right now I, I have pretty good time blocking where I have time either for myself, it's usually in the morning or breaks that I can take and I'll take them. Cause before I wasn't taking any breaks. It was like, let's schedule all the things, as many things as I can do. And it was just causing fatigue and like burnout. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we feel guilty when we take those breaks because it's the, I should, I should, I should, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I get conflicted yeah. if I'm being completely honest. I'll give today as an example. I, I haven't been sleeping super well. think I'm about to start my period, have a little bit of a cold, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, after I got my kids to school, before I got on this call, I was like, all I want to do is lay down. But yeah. at the same time, I didn't feel bad enough that I thought a run was going to like make me sicker or anything like that. And I was like, I think I'm going to have a lot more energy for this interview if I go do the run. So like, yeah, but if I did lay down, like there's no sense in being feeling guilty about that. But I think sometimes we get this like decision fatigue with stuff like that. Like it's okay if I wanted to just lay down, but there was decision fatigue there because I, I wanted to do that. And also I wanted to run. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I truly believe like your body at the end of the day knows, like I can tell on days when I get up and I'm like, yeah, the house isn't getting clean. Yeah. You know, like, and it's like, this shit's just not getting done today, you know, versus like when I have that, that peak or energy. And, and I am truly like, I believe like, like what you just did, like, you knew like, okay, I don't think a run is going to like inhibit my cold or I feel like I, I have the stamina to do this and it's going to bring me energy. Yes. So that's what I'm all about is like teaching people how to figure out what their patterns are, what their peak times are. Cause there's times where you can bring yourself energy. And then there's, there's that time where you do have to lay on the couch, you know, yeah. like this isn't the time and you know, in your body, which one's right. And when, when you're pushing yourself past your edge and that's, that's what this, for me, that's what this self-discovery is about is really discovering what your edge is and, and, how far you can take it and how far you can't. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, I could compare it as a runner and a running coach. Like it's it's that gut instinct. And I talk about this all the time to people I coach. It's it's really listening to your body. Like if you yeah. and this is why I like when people hire coaches rather than just following a strict training plan, unless they're mature enough and and willing enough to listen to their body and rotate things and move things around when it doesn't feel right. Because if it if your body's telling you no, you gotta listen. But it's sometimes it's really hard to like know if that's your body really telling you no or if you're just like giving yourself a cop out. It's it's almost an art. It hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think about that with uh cleaning the house too, like you mentioned, because it's the same thing as the run. Like I know, like I spent two hours cleaning my house yesterday. I feel like that's a big chunk of the day on a Monday. And part of me, yeah. And part of me was like super annoyed. I'm like, this is so exhausting. There's just so much to do. There's always something to put away. But when I went to bed, it was the end of the night. I was so, so satisfied. But had I chose to not tackle that stuff, I would have just needed to fully lean in to the fact that I wasn't tackling it and just like not look, you know, like not pay attention. And that can be challenging. Yep, it is. Yeah, I would find myself in the same predicament where I was like, like I would be like resentful while I was cleaning or like another example that I have is like, I like really love Costco. I love going to Costco, right? Oh, it's the best. (laughs) But but I was like, I noticed like, oh my God, all my weekends are getting sucked up yeah. By going grocery shopping in Costco, like this is not the way I want to be spending my weekends. And so if you can tweak, like noticing that stuff for one, right, of whatever's coming up for you, whether it's you're cleaning the house and you're resentful about it, or, you know, hey, I don't want to be doing this right now. Like, 
now I like I use my week strategically like, okay, on a weeknight, then I'll run to Costco so that I'm not doing it on the weekend, you know, and it feels better to me. Or like if I am too tired to clean the house, then like breaking it up into like 15 segments versus trying to do it all so that it's like, again, goes back to the not the all or nothing thinking and still getting everything that needs to get done done, but in different man in a different manner. Yeah, that's so true. Like just pick one thing. Just pick one thing. Like, okay, this room is a disaster. I'm just going to do this room and I'm going to be satisfied with this room. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up with end of podcast here. But I wanted to see if you had a message specifically to like full-time working parents who are outside of the home um, and just managing time, expectations, mom guilt, all the things. Yeah, I truly believe that you know, we're all whole and complete at the end of the day. I know society projects a lot of things on us that we should, should, should do all these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, as we are today, you know, we are whole and complete. And I think we we forget that. And really just remembering that we are all instruments of light and love, like that's just our very essence of our being. And, you know, how is it that you want to show up in your life? And are you being that person? Okay. What's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Mm, let's see. Professionally, it'd be to host my first retreat. Fun. Uh, so I'm planning that now for women. And then personally, I definitely want to travel with the kids abroad. I feel like they're getting to good ages where we can do that. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, you're in a good spot for like the next few years. You got to do it until before they like lose interest in being with you, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in a really good spot. Um, and I, I'm getting there too. Our youngest is four. To me, it's the hardest with that more than like, you know, I'm past diapers and everything, but it's the fighting. Like my kids fight a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what keeps me from doing things sometimes. I'm like, I just can't handle the fighting. Um, yeah. Who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? She's probably, I think she's dead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely Oprah, but I'm a big Louise Hay fan. So she's like all about the affirmations and, you know, how your thoughts can project things like in your body and stuff and why it's so important. But I think she's passed. So probably Oprah. (laughs) What's her name? Louise Hay. She actually has a a great children book, children's book that says, uh, I think one of her titles is like, I think I am. And it goes through like all like just different ways to use positive affirmations and stuff. So it's great for the kids. Oh, I love that. Um, That's great that you brought that up because my next question is what's the best, most recent book you've read? So probably my most recent book was the sound bath book I read by Sarah Oster, which is like how you meditate, heal and connect through listening and not just like with your ears, but like throughout your whole entire body. So that was a cool one. But something more practical I okay so there's this book called insights uh that was written by Tasha Urich and she's like an organizational psychologist and it was just a fascinating book to read uh because it's literally all she talks about how how there's like what we call self-discovery unicorns, like people who are actually self-aware and that would claim that they're self-aware. And then like the other 85% of the population who say they're self-aware, but really aren't. (laughs) So that was a really cool book. 
Oh, it sounds good. What about a kid's book? I know we talked about the Louise Hayes book, but do you have a kid, another kid's book you recommend? I like the I Am Beautiful book. It's like helps with like diversity and stuff because it shows like all different sorts of faces and kids, both male and female. So we do that book quite a bit too. Um, and then where is somewhere or an activity or something that you've gone or done with your kids that you would recommend? Uh, so I probably Mackinac Island. My kids like still talk about it to this day. So there's no motorized carts on the island. It's in Michigan and it's on an island. So you have to take a ferry to get there, but it's just, it's so quaint and it's just so beautiful. And like, there's bikes everywhere, people running, walking. It's just horse and buggy. Like the kids just like really remembered it. Um, and then what is your last message to leave with our audience today? You're worth it. (laughs) You're worth it. I love it. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. It's been so fun chatting. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on the show. If you want to learn more about what Lauren's up to, you can go to her website, mindmusclemotivator.com. You can also check out her book. It's called Reclaim Your Power. And all the links to everything we talked about, including our sponsors for this episode, Chadwick Home and Prep Dish, will be in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com. You just click on the tab for Why Is Everyone Yelling? And you'll find the most recent episode in the show notes. You can also sign up for our newsletter there so those show notes can be delivered directly to your inbox every single week. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?